Hey everybody, welcome to Space Without Limits. I am Michael Bloxton, CEO, founder of Nebula Space Enterprise, and we got here Nick Payne, CEO of Nebula Blockchain. He's here today to discuss something that I don't think anyone is expecting, uh, and it's a rather revolutionary, I'm sorry, revolutionary and evolutionary uh, community birth uh, from Nebuchain. Uh, Nick, why don't you share a little bit about your background before we dive in here? Yeah, first of all, thanks for for having me here. It's always a pleasure to hang out with you, and this is gonna be this is gonna be fun. Um, so I come from uh, an organizational development background. How do you build great organizations, build great teams, uh, scale the the never ending challenge for for startups? Um, and I've done that for about seven years. And then in 2019, I transitioned into tech. And the way I did that was by going to a coding boot camp for 22 weeks. Uh, it was intense. And then I came out, uh, came out of that with a full stack. A serious boot camp. <laughs> yeah, it's intense. It was uh, Monday through Saturday. Uh, then the, the, whatever the assignment was, was due like Sunday at midnight. And then it all started again. So it was, it was crazy. But I came out of that with a full stack certificate, worked in the industry for a year. And that was when I stumbled upon uh, what blockchain was doing for how humans connect. I and since it. then, I love it. And so I, I've been in the space building these types of organizations that are uh, uh, kind of DeFi native or, or digital native organizations where people are connecting through the power of blockchain. So people here may be wondering, why in the world does Nebula Space Enterprise have a blockchain? And do you want to you crack... Um, crack the code on that or, or crack the message since we're, we're now just really this is the first conversation we're going public uh, with this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so some of this, I am still learning myself because uh, the implications of, of where we're at with space technology and blockchain technology is like, I'm exploring it and it's been so much fun. Um, so I'm still learning some of this, but all throughout human history, any given age, uh, a society or civilization has been defined by uh, uh, technological advance, where they are with technology, and how they organize themselves. This is true from um, what's broadly considered the first civilization, Sumer, ancient Sumer, all the way through you know the, the, the Greeks and the Romans and these, these civilizations that have impacted how we self-organize today. Along with that, technology has gotten to a place, specifically blockchain technology has gotten to a place where, and this is my belief about blockchain, this might be the, the um, primary benefit to society. All the amazing things blockchain can do, this might be it in my mind, which is it allows us to organize ourselves um, at a species level globally, um, uh, uh, pair resources um, and, and pursue common goals in a way that humanity has never been able to do before. And that's, that's what's amazing. And that's where we start to run into some of the work that uh, Nebula Compute is doing and the vision that Nebula Enterprise uh, has for the future. I, I absolutely love it. There is statistical evidence, and you can go to uh, you know, management classes, business management classes. You can look in the history. Uh, there's only so much ability for a human to manage relationships. I think the maximum, uh, someone can figure this out. I think it's like 50 or hundred maximum yeah. is the amount of relationships any human can do, which is very limiting in terms of trying to get shit done. Now That's we've right. been able to put in um, culture and governance and things like that to get to where we are. But I agree, blockchain is 
is literally a whole new level. And, and one of the, when you think about identity, you know, every country has its own system. When you think about voting, every country has its own system and it's very centralized um, and trust is, has to be there. And, and that's pretty much how we had to do it from a telecom perspective, you know, Ma Bell paid for putting 5 million sticks in the ground to put up telephones, right? <laughs> they paid for that. And then once they got it and got profitable, they were deregulated. And then you had AT&T and Verizon, all this stuff, but it, you needed it centralized in order to get to a certain point. We are at the point now where we don't need it centralized. Um, one of the use cases that, that I like um, is voting. If you think about now, we vote for someone to vote for someone to vote for someone to vote for someone. So you can kind of get up this hierarchy and you don't have a vote really at the end of the day, you have how like, it feels. barely have yeah. influence. Yeah. 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 Um, so blockchain changes all that. I, I, I could not agree more. I'm super excited about that. I want to make sure that we're getting um, some of this basic stuff out of the way. I want to keep going down this path, but I need to, to, we need to nail this in the head. Cryptocurrency and blockchain, two completely different things. Can you explain what that what what the difference is there for the layman's? Yeah, I didn't know in you were going to ask term, that. Because I'm one of them. But I'm glad you did ask that because <laughs> so so now we have this term Web three, right? Web three, and there's a lot of ideas about what Web three might be, but it tends to mean uh, um, you know the the virtual environments, the cryptocurrencies, blockchain, um, the metaverse, all of these things, and people kind of throw this this word Web three at it. Um, and there's a lot of different ways to think about it. The rise of popularity in cryptocurrencies uh, requires blockchain technology, um, but it really is kind of a separate world. So, so where I um, come from, you know, the blockchain world that I've uh, been living in isn't about kind of chasing coins and and um, uh, finding ones that are going to go up and getting out of the coins that we don't believe in. This is more about the underlying technology and being able to program on it. So building things on the blockchain. Actually, to, to what you were saying um, earlier, I just read yesterday the first home that has been that locked to an NFT, which we can get into what, kind of what that means in a minute, uh, has been sold. So someone bought a home, I think it was in South Carolina, with one click, and they can prove ownership because of blockchain technologies. There was no uh, um, you know, documentation, mortgage, deed, note, all this kind of stuff. It wasn't necessary in the traditional sense. They still, I think, put it in an LLC, but that's fascinating. So uh, uh, there's all sorts of applications and we've just begun to scratch the surface of what blockchain can mean for our lives. So yes, I, I, there really is a separation between the, the, the metaverse, cryptocurrency, these, all, all these buzzwords and, and where I kind of live and where I see the future of, of what blockchain unlocks for humanity. So, so web three, if I, if I understand it, web one was read, I put something there and you can mm -hmm. read it. Web two was read and write. I put something there, you can read it and you can maybe post something on it. And web three is, what is that? What's the term they're using? Is it ownership? Yeah. I mean, I, it, it kind of depends on who you ask because the whole, the whole space is kind of feeling its way forward. But, um, yeah, there's there's a pivot to ownership. So um, rather than centralized, powerful entities kind of owning the Internet, the idea is that, well, this thing's big. And in the next version of how we connect, the next way we're connected, it should be owned by the people who are connected 
not by uh, uh, you yes. know some super conglomerate gathering information and, and making us the commodity. We should own and be able to direct the future of the networks that we kind of are a part of. And the internet now is so important. Like every like I th I think everyone's stated this now. This is not a surprise at this point. But but the, the idea that it's kind of generally dominated by a few very powerful uh, entities um, is kind of philosophically opposed to kind of where the web three perspective is, is coming from, which is we should own it. We should be able to direct it. Um, we should be able to make our information private if we choose to. Um, and the platforms that we participate in, we should be able to have ownership in those platforms and be able to prosper as those platforms prosper. It is the actualization of what I think the um, United States uh, forefathers had really put in there, where there are, there's an equal um, understanding of of there. Now, I don't want to go down to that that level because there's actually some stuff that does seem dividing and divisive. But the the enlightened period in which that was created was about having a voice and not being governed by some central agent, you know, some uh, an ocean away. Yeah. Um, and now we're actually creating the ability for that to be a reality. Yeah. One thing I want to also, you know drop um, in the net, put the nail on the head here is if every, if everything is on blockchain and blockchain is a, is a technology and again, not cryptocurrency, but you could be cryptocurrency, could be identification, could be voting, could be all these amazing things on top of blockchain. Blockchain is running on compute hardware. And what we're seeing right now is some pushback on, and we just saw uh, Ethereum go through this big shift, pushback on the environmental impact because the energy to do this is crazy. Can you speak some to, to that? Yeah, um, everyone's trying to solve this issue, you know, so it takes computers uh, to, you know, to, to break it down. And there's people who can explain this much better than I do. But uh, ultimately, for something like Bitcoin to operate, it takes um, powerful computers, a lot of energy to solve very complex problems to validate the network and secure the network. And so, yes, uh, I don't know off the top of my head what the current numbers are, but the resources are, are astounding uh, what it takes to actually operate a network uh, like Bitcoin or Ethereum. Um, and so everyone's trying to solve this. How do we get away from that before? I mean, it's not sustainable, right? We can't scale that. Um, and so Ethereum made a shift to try to move towards that. I think uh, that'll cover some ground. But ultimately, in my mind, uh, I don't want to jump ahead here, but in my mind, it shouldn't be on the planet like it shouldn't be here. If it's not located here, most of the problems uh, that exist around that just kind of disappear. Yeah, it's um, we're we're going to jump into that one. Okay. One comment I want to make here is yeah, we'll definitely jump into that. Everyone's like, all right, finally, we're getting to why space, uh, why this is a nebula's <laughs> realm. Um, but to, to hold off on that, I think one one thing that that people don't conceptualize is they're like, oh, computing's just getting better. It's getting better. It's getting more efficient. It's getting, um, you know, more efficient in power and doubling its capability. And that's been happening for decades, right? That's Moore's law. And now we, we have um, even more laws going, expanding beyond that as we go transistor and silicon and all these different things, yeah. but we're humans and it's like putting another lane in a highway. Give it time. We'll use that too. And it'll be just as much traffic if anyone's ever driven in LA on 101 or 405. <laughs> Seven you know lanes. that adding more lanes is not going to do the trick. Like yeah. just, it's not going to do it. Um, the other personal, the analogy I try to personalize it is 
just because we create more computing doesn't mean that you're going to be able to solve all these other problems. Take your phone in your pocket right now. You have uh, is an iPhone 13 or 14 or whatever. If you go back to an iPhone 3G, you would shoot yourself. Like you would be so fed, like no way can I even like operate on that technology. Computers are almost useless two or three years, you know, after they're they're created. And even if they're the cutting edge, because you've doubled in capability. So I, I want to put a pin in the fact that some people are like, oh, well, it's just going to get more efficient on its own. It is, it is, it is, but we're going to figure out how to use that. So even if you create tremendous amounts of efficiency in the blockchain, you're still going to figure out how to use it because then you have more capability and like you can do more things. We didn't yeah. stop at fire, right? Going back to your point, like when we had fire, that was cool. You met humans got together and we had fire and stuff like that. We didn't stop there. You know, we were talking about nuclear, we're talking about nuclear and space, things like that. So now let's, let's dive into what you're seeing is why space, why Nebula blockchain? Nebula is obviously a space, space focused uh, entity. Nebula blockchain. So, so give us your take. Yeah. Um, first, so first of all, I agree with what you just said, which is uh, as we unlock higher uh, powered computing, it uh, unlocks new use cases that 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 use up mm -hmm. all of that. <laughs> uh, the the new ground. Yes. We don't just sit there. Now we can make it do this. Now we can make it do this. So yeah, that's that's true. So I think when it comes to space. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on this. So first of all, uh, you know, what, what kid didn't want to go to space camp? You know, uh, I, I never did get to go to space camp and I, I really rue that because I wanted to go so badly. Um, you know, the human fascination with the stars goes back to the beginning. I mean, there's writings from the, from the 1600s with dreams of traveling to the stars. It's, it's crazy how far back this thing goes. Because of that, I think there's a tendency, there was certainly with me when we first started talking, there's, there's a tendency to feel like that's space. It's like, what? This, this is a romantic dream of um, sending, sending people out into space kind of uh, feels like uh, that's great for them. That's cool for humanity. That's not for me. Um, and it, it's kind of, uh, you know, pie in the sky to, you know, excuse the pun. Uh, it just doesn't feel like it, it, there's any practical applications. So having said that, I think the main thing I'm discovering is space actually holds the answers to a lot of the challenges that we're facing in DeFi and in blockchain. Um, and it, it, it holds all this opportunity. You know, the less sexy thing uh, that we need to do in space first is is all this infrastructure that it's going to take, right? So there's kind of space for Earth, and I know you know this, space for space. And first we need to get some infrastructure in place before we can even dream about uh, actually being a, a multi-planetary species. And uh, what's great about that is, no, it's, it's not super sexy necessarily, uh, but there's so much prosperity that will be unlocked that the blockchain is, is perfectly suited um, to organize and empower and, and manage. Uh, it feels inevitable to me that the two of those things, you know, would collide. Does that kind of answer your question at the it highest does. level? It does. Yeah. Yeah. It does at the highest level. Um, let's bring it down to the next level because there is a extremely practical reason why blockchain in space makes sense. And, and I, obviously those, those higher level reasons, like we could go all day on that stuff, but right. 
there is a very practical movement to go in get blockchain in space. Yeah. So a couple of things. Uh, well, you know, one uh, with mining, like we talked about, if we can get that uh, uh, up into the sky, all the resources that are needed are abundant, right? So you have all the all the sunlight you need for power, uh, cooling, it, the most efficient cooling possible because you're <laughs> you're in the void of space. Um, and then there is no chance of polluting the earth, right? So um, any sort of um, like that's the low hanging fruit in my mind that feels obvious, but also, you know, and mm-hmm. you you're ahead of me on, on kind of how a lot of this stuff works. There are so many needs uh, uh, in orbit for uh, immutable sort of perfect information to travel, right? Uh, we need to be synchronous on multiple sides of the planet, which is not an easy thing to do. And blockchain kind of provides uh, next level tooling for that. Um, and it hasn't even really like, we're just starting to understand how that could be used. Um, so, so a couple applications, one mining and doing things that that immediately benefit humanity here on earth. Uh, and those, those go on and on and on, but also then, um, when, when we talk about uh, kind of laying this infrastructure, this infrastructure layer for actually doing space things, uh, the blockchain will be instrumental in keeping things kind of organized and uh, unlocking that level of organization. So when you talk about um, connecting, connecting humanity, you know, across the globe, trying to communicate across the globe, which seems relatively trivial today. Mm -hmm. If you look at the systems required to actually make that happen, it's quite insane and it's quite fragile. Um, I've seen, I've seen the the images of, of our wired world. People think we live in a wireless world. If you look at a picture of the globe and you look at all the undersea cables, it's like the back of a 1990s TV center. Like it's just like this spider web of stuff. And currently we've got like 4 billion people on the internet and we've got 7 billion on the planet. So there is a, almost half the humanity isn't on there. And one of the things that I got to see in my, in my background in telecom, and we've learned obviously through, through our computing efforts, if you, if you look at, I, I already referenced Ma Bell, 5 million telephone poles just to connect the United States, 5 million pieces of infrastructure and wire to connect the whole United States. It's wild. And then I got into the whole cell tower thing um, in the early 2000s. And there were, there's right now about 500,000 cell towers to connect the United States. And there's still gaps, right? There's still like rural that's not connected, but it's an order of magnitude less. And, but we had technology and we kind of increased the infrastructure. And now you're looking at things like Starlink and, and OneWeb's uh, new iteration and, and other companies that are building this infrastructure in space. And when space people think about that, they hear 50,000 satellites. Oh my God. But when I hear that, I'm like 5 million telephone poles, 500,000 cell towers, 50,000 satellites. That is another order of magnitude less. And yeah. you're going up. And the other, the other piece of infrastructure that people don't get, one of the undersea cables can be cut. I actually think that's going to happen here soon. Um, it has happened in the past in, in the, um, in the uh, regions in and around uh, Russia. And oh. so there's some, some risks there where you're cutting off countries altogether, no internet, like zero, um, that, that gets super scary. But then if you think about, if you combine data centers, power and communications, take Africa or South America, which is where the developing countries are. Are you really going to build 5 million telephone poles, 500,000 cell towers to connect a, a really spread out community? You're not. So 
the ethos of blockchain is everybody gets a vote, everybody gets to participate. But if you can't connect, you don't have a voice at all, like literally at all, let alone in the blockchain. So um, moving this to space, you know, from a blockchain perspective, uh, to me, it gives the opportunity so that you can participate. Uh, one of the things that, that I, I want to get your take on um, this, this, this segment up front, just so everyone's clear, uh, is is the the public segment. We're going to actually have a, a, a private segment that comes in through the, the membership only thing. Um, so I'm probably going to pause my one question I was going to ask. And I want to I want you to talk about the community you're building. I, mm. I love it. You came up with what I think is one of the coolest freaking names ever. And it's 100 percent appropriate. So what's the community that's really binding Nebula, Nebula blockchain and, and space and blockchain? Yeah, so that's a great question. It's a big question, um, so I'll try to be succinct. Um, to answer that, I think first there needs to be a, a kind of a basic understanding of a of, uh, phenomenon in Web3 called a DAO. Um, it's uh, DAO, Decentralized Autonomous Organization. And this uh, came to be. Uh, the first one was in 2015-ish, and they've been developing ever since. This came to be because the blockchain, for the first time, allows people across the globe to pool resources, share share a, a pile of money, and go after things that they feel are important. Um, and so, essentially, that's what a corporation is in a lot of ways. These are flat organizations. Um, there isn't a central uh, power. Uh, and so... The blockchain is used, smart contracts are used to coordinate this forward movement of people spread out across the globe. It's insane. That's kind of how I fell in love with Web3, by the way, is the, is the DAO, this, this very fluid organization. Um, so we're launching a DAO. Uh, it's called DASA, Decentralized Autonomous Space Alliance. Um, and we really feel, yeah, yeah, we really feel uh, uh, like that name um, you know, embodies the things that uh, we value in, in Web3 and we value from a DAO perspective. Um, and DASA, the idea here is that no one person or entity should own space. Now, this has been laid out in, in the, the, um, the treaty, space treaty, um, years ago, but there's still the problem of Whoever gets there first ultimately kind of has control, right? They're, they're there. They have the chance to prosper yes. and, and grow. And so uh, something like space, we're convinced, uh, should, to the degree it's possible, belong to humanity as a species. And I know that's a really big statement, but that's why we want to get people connected to the web still, half, half the planet. That's why we want to do all these things, because there's, pros uh, there's prosperity that can be unlocked for those folks, and they just don't have any access. So space is like that. We want a community of folks from around the globe who can, for the first time in history, uh, uh, contribute to uh, and pros uh, prosper from activity in space. And, and this is the gravity of this. <laughs> uh, excuse the pun. Like, like it's growing so rapidly. The next space race, it's, it's, it's already happening. It's on. And I want to make sure that people understand the urgency here. Like this has to happen now. And there's already work to do now. Um, even though space feels like this far off thing, it's like, no, 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 let's go. And so this community is going to have this real sense of urgency uh, to, to get after it and, and have the infrastructure of space be community owned by the globe. Let me, let me uh, give some content for, for the listener here about where space is. 
decades ago, you you made a reference, um, uh, or, or there was a reference about a billionaire couldn't get an iPhone because it doesn't make sense. Uh, prior to the iPhone existing, it doesn't make sense. All the technology to put it in your pocket just would, wouldn't make sense, even if you're a billionaire. Space was done by governments, period. Governments, governments, governments. And then it shifted about 20, 25 years ago to billionaires. Recently, it shifted to private companies. Um, an Israeli company that, that actually had the satellite to share it, which crash landed on the moon, but they did that for $100 million. The only other entities to get to the moon were governments. So to go from governments, billionaires to $100 million, which sounds like a lot, um, not in the blockchain cryptocurrency world, but that's where we're at right now. Like that happened and they're actually doing Basharat too, as we speak. So they did another raise and they're going. So, so space is highly relevant. The other thing that you say there is, is connecting. I feel like where we are right now, DASA specifically embodies this. Um, there was a, there was a moment where a kid in a garage could do better than the corporation, right? That was when internet 2.0 came up, 1.0 and 2.0 were coming up. Yeah. And now we're here at 3.0 and you have people that are disadvantaged in developing countries without access to, to true expandable resources the way the developed countries are, yet they can be a part of this. They can be a, a Dasanat. They can be a part of, of a decentralized autonomous space alliance. Yeah. I, I think well, that's, that's unbelievable. And I want to say too, to your yeah, point, you know, as you were going through that history, I'm reminded that you know, um, governments change their minds based on who's in office, mm. who's in power. Uh, some prioritize space development and the future of mankind, and some don't think it's important at all. Um, so, so it's really hamstrung by nation-to-nation uh, -nation politics and then even politics within a country. And then wonderful organizations like NASA can't count on consistent funding, right? Their, their budget has shrunk and shrunk and shrunk and shrunk and shrunk. Um, and this is the first time in history, what we're attempting is a species level funding and ownership. And I, that just, that excites me so much because then you don't have um, the same sort of challenges with political conflicts and, and uh, changing our minds on what's important and what isn't and, and underfunded um, agencies. This, this answers a lot of that. And uh, I'm just, I'm so excited about it. Specifically, you have, for the DASA, you, you've identified ownership, access, and answers. So expand on that for us. Yeah. Um, so ownership is, is like the, the core thing. It's where we start. Um, you know, I guess going back hundreds and hundreds of years, if you were a landowner, that meant something. You know, ownership has always been important to, to humanity, right? Um, well, it's the golden rule. The king who has the gold makes the rules. That's right. right? Ownership. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> ownership, right. Yeah. And uh, so something as important as space uh, which, I mean, is allowing this conversation literally right now uh, uh, should be, in my, in my opinion, globally owned. So we really believe in that. Um, ownership at the species level, humanity should have access uh, to own, uh, a, you know, a piece of the future of our species, you know. So there's, there's that piece. Mm -hmm. um, and in my mind, you know, I kind of divide it into three sections. That's, uh, in a way, the cosmic perspective. There's a lot of folks who who come from uh, my uh, sort of uh, area uh, of blockchain who I don't have to convince of that. They're like, oh, yeah, obviously, uh, there's not a hard sell there because yeah. <laughs> it makes sense to them. Um, yeah. Uh, what was the next one? Ownership access. So access is kind of something that we've touched on. Uh, it seems obvious to me 
that the other, you know, I think, I think the, the stat was, that I read was 4.4 billion people are currently connected that everybody else should, should be connected. I mean, that feels like a, mm -hmm. a no brainer to me. And I think if we can pour some, some resources, like you were saying, you, you talked a lot about this into that infrastructure, that's a worthy goal, making it so that uh, if you're a human being, you have access. Oh, you're a human. Great. Here's your way to connect to the rest of the world. Um, that, to, that to me is, 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 is very obvious. And it's one of the core tenets of what we're, what we're doing. And then the, the last thing, oh, and I would say, I would say that would be, so we have the cosmic perspective. That would be kind of the long-term perspective. Like we're going to get everyone connected. Everyone's going to have access. That's mm -hmm. a longer term perspective. Um, and for a lot of people, it's difficult to hold that view. Um, but I think there's, there's a lot of uh, research and understanding that that is really important. And then I, I would say the short-term perspective is answers. So this is the, the space for earth kind of thing, which is uh, we are facing challenges uh, that are some of the, the toughest challenges as, as a human, human race, every country uh, is facing. Like this, the, this is a chance for us to find actual answers to challenges we're facing now. So this isn't some far off play. This is if we do this right, we will fix some stuff here. And you alluded to some of those things with pollution and inequality and access, all of these things. It all kind of comes down to, this is the, the short-term view. If we build it now, uh, we can answer questions that need to be answered and we can even uh, you know prosper from it in the process. Mm -hmm. I will, um, this is too important to, to cut off. I mean, we're, we're running a little bit long, but but too important for where we are in humanity. And I, and I want to key in on, on a few things. From my perspective at, at Enterprise, we there's a very, very distinct group supporting blockchain and that type of capability. I mean, we're talking very much freedom-focused, transparency, yeah, obviously access answers, ownership. And then the, the way space is today is still primarily governments and big companies and billionaires. You know, you think about SpaceX, you think about ULA, you think about these, these big things. It's the access to space is, is through them. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the money's there. That's where the money is for traditional commercial operations. Blockchain, again, is a, a, a absolute spark in a very dark place in terms of moving from centralized to decentralized. Um, but there's, there's a requirement there too. Um, there's, there's adversaries in the space side that don't believe in privacy, don't believe in equity, don't believe in any of those things. And freedom is not nowhere on the list. Uh, and if the, if we can be supportive through the, this capability to entities that are supporting that, that have the money that can also funnel things in, I think there's a, um, it feels like a dichotomy. It feels like a, a polarization between, we're you know working with centralized government, but we're also building out this decentralized alliance. I mean, frankly, we're all humans. Let's start there, um, and we all believe in freedom, so we want to go there, and we have to bring these two together. Um, another, this this may not make any sense, but religion and science. I feel as as humans progress, those two are coming together. You you know mysteries, you know, it's something we're religious, and then it became science facts, and it became less mystery. So you keep keep seeing this convergence. Personally, I think we need to bridge this gap. And if we don't, you're not going to have the, um, the effect that benefits humanity best. You, you nailed it. That's, that's, <laughs> I believe that 100%. That's exactly right. Um, I think 
to, to use your religion and science, and we don't need to stay on this point for too long, but your religion and science example, um, I'm convinced uh, in my own experience in the world, both with what I've learned and in my own kind of spiritual development, um, either like they both make each other better. At least they should, right? Mm -hmm. uh, a, yeah. a good religion at its best um, breathes alive our scientific discoveries in a lot of ways. And science teaches us how the how the whole thing was made, how how the whole thing is put together, how it evolved. Um, and I, I just I love that that idea you just kind of brought together. It's a there's a convergence, right? Or emergence, you know, all these kind of words yes. uh, where it comes together for the let first me, time. Me, Go ahead. Yeah. Let me let me let me do another one that we should never talk about religion or politics, right? No, no. Things you should never talk about. But I'm gonna talk about <laughs> politics because if you think about the way that the democracy is supposed to work is you have uh, the haves and the haves nots, have nots. And that's how it's supposed to work, hmm. right? It, it's, you're supposed to be able to bring together the masses and get effective change done. Um, you know, Aaron Burr and, and wanting to, you know, being against federalism and, and governance. And we kind of went that way. It's, if you go down that path, you've got these, again, a, a opposing parties that had to come together. And, you know, now we've got the, division because they're not coming together. So yeah. whatever your perspective is, we need to bring it together. Um, I'm sure uh, our director, Ashley, is shaking her head like, don't say these things. <laughs> uh, we got we to gotta make sure that we they can feel to the biggest said. audience uh, in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, they absolutely have to be said. And if we're not going to say it, um, then no one's going to say it. That's so right. let, me, let me bring this, this segment uh, to a close. What are the actions? How do how does someone become a DASA? How does somebody get involved with Nebula Blockchain um, and DASA? Yeah, that's that's a great question. So um, Nebula Blockchain, uh, we have a roadmap for some products that we're going to be working on. Um, DASA, the best way to become a part of that right now is just to find us on Twitter, um, uh, follow our Medium page where we'll be uh, posting some articles on how we're thinking about things and then very uh, uh, practically what this will look like. How do you contribute and, and what does it look like to kind of prosper from, from some of these things? Um, so that's the best uh, way to, to interact with us now. Very, sh very soon, shortly, uh, we will have a, a way to actually onboard people into the community. Um, and I'm really excited about that. That is coming. We're not quite there yet. Um, but for now, definitely Twitter, Medium, um, uh, the, the newsletter, right? That is a way to mm -hmm. uh, hear more about what we're up to. Uh, so that's that's what I would say for now. And definitely reach out to me. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Yeah. I'm around. Uh, I, I, I can talk about this all day. And if you have questions, I would love to uh, learn from you and uh, do my best to find the answers. So for the crypto natives, you heard the standard, you know, Twitter, um, Discord, Medium, that kind of stuff. Um, for anyone that's still just interested and enthusiastic about it, the newsletter is a great way um, to get really cool blockchain space related blockchain type stuff. Um, sometimes purely blockchain, sometimes purely space, but great stuff. And then that'll also be filtering in some of the stuff that DAS is doing as well. So get over there, uh, nebuchain.com, uh, and then you'll get all that information there. You can find, uh, we'll have some stuff in the show notes as well. So with that, uh, Nick, I want to thank you uh, for, for being here, sharing this time with us and doing what you're doing um, to bring the world uh, to the next level. This was fun. Let's go.
Hey y'all, Nick Payne here. If you have been part of our community for a while, or maybe you just heard uh, a podcast here for the first time and you're just learning about DASA, Decentralized Autonomous Space Alliance, uh, we really want something for you not from you. We are trying to build something and and if you're catching some of the vision, it's a big lift and it's something that's going to impact uh, and unite humanity in a way that we've never seen before, Um, which is really exciting, but it's going to take all of us. So if you haven't yet, head over to dasa.earth and uh, register for our next webinar or video chat where we'll get to connect face to face and learn a little bit more about what this vision looks like, um, how you can get involved personally, and what what the roadmap looks like for actually making this thing a reality here on planet Earth. Head over there, and this is not an opportunity for us to um, spam you, but it is an opportunity uh, to get to know each other a little bit and learn about the vision that I'm convinced will unite us towards a common goal in a way that we've never seen before, and I'm excited just to, to, to be on this journey with you. See you there.